Hello and welcome once again to Center-Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air. And, well, on air is, well, no, no, on air is different from online, isn't it? But we'll, we'll, call it the, we'll, we'll call them the same for purposes of what I'm saying here. We're on air, we're up constantly, 24-7, and we're available in two different ways, in two, in two flavors. The one that you're probably listening to, if you've been listening for a while, uh, to is something, boy, there was a dangling participle, uh, is a, uh, what's called our radio loop. And the radio loop is what you pick up on the second link of our homepage, which is, and I think you may know it by now, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. That radio loop, in essence, is a loop running of the show that you're listening to, which, uh, if you should access the link, uh, will bring you to whatever point in the loop the show happens to be, not unlike the way you've probably experienced radio or talk radio or any radio uh, your whole life. You, you rarely get a chance to come in precisely uh, at the start of something, unless you timed it that way, I suppose. But radio is a more convenient uh, sort of a medium, and people kind of like flick on their radio and what's on, or let me change dials. And even if you're where you want to be, you're running through the dial. What's what else is on? And the odds are you're not going to pick up something immediately. You're going to pick up something in the middle of something, and your interest will grow or not as you listen in. Well, that's the idea behind the radio loop. Come in, see where we are, as if you just were scanning up the dial and found us. Get interested, stick around, and you have the advantage, of course, of doing one of two things if you're that interested in it. Stay until the show repeats and you can hear it from the beginning, not unlike a double, uh, a double monster movie Saturday matinee, uh, or you can go right to our podcast feed. And listen to the show there. Where would you find the podcasts? Well, remember, the podcast of the same show you're listening to in Radio Loop is up, already up. And you can find that at our podcast feed at the same website, www.centerlefttalkradio.com. Or you can find us wherever you find your podcasts. And you would find us under Center Left radio. Enough of that. Um, well, there's never enough of that because that's, that's how I get from uh, the, the microphone that I'm in front of right now to the ears on your head that are picking up the sounds that are coming through this microphone right now. There will be a lot more sounds coming through this microphone and others uh, over the course of our next, well, this show and the next. This show, of course, coming on a Friday, the 4th of February, happy birthday, Anita, uh, will uh, be uh, joining, uh, will, 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 be, will be graced with the presence of 
uh, David Bach, our Friday co-host. He'll be coming on uh, in not a very long time and will join me with uh, his insights into all things political, and they are rather fascinating insights. But we have another show, the show after this one, uh, which will be coming online. We'll be putting it up. Uh, it'll be recorded this Sunday, and we'll have it up on either Monday or Tuesday, probably Tuesday morning. And that is another in the series of our Noble Hearts Forums. Uh, you'll recall we did one just about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, uh, talking about the state of America and, uh, and the future of the country generally, of our democratic institutions. At the time, the thought was put out that we should be doing a show the, with the same group, more or less. And, and this is a group from um, a bunch of high school guys who got older. After attending a place in New York called Regis High School, who, who got substantially older, and that's a fortunate thing, uh, it beats the hell out of the alternative, as, as people uh, who think about it uh, would tell you. And uh, we, we, have been, we have been graced here on Central Left Radio uh, with the ability to pull a bunch of these guys together and create forums, fora, if you will, uh, to discuss key topics. We've done several already. And we're, like I said, we were thinking about doing, after the one that we did very recently, we were thinking about doing one on education. And, and the point was made by one of our panelists, uh, Dr. Charles Webble, that uh, we might, we just might find ourselves with a need to discuss things Russian prior to then because he sitting where he was sitting and he is sitting uh, in Prague uh, and as, as we'll, and, and we'll have another European panelist on as well uh, and uh, several then from the United States and we'll have some uh, European students, by the way, one Russian, I believe one Ukrainian student, students of Dr. Webble, uh, who will be jumping in, who are part and parcel of this, who will give a, who will give a youthful, a younger at least, perspective on Putin and Russia and all things of that sort. Uh, it should be a fascinating show, and it needs to be discussed. And given, given the changes uh, that are coming uh, you know, as of yesterday, I would have said something like, well, obviously, the only way out of this would be something, uh, some form of negotiation. Isn't that common sense? But we are very bad at prog prognosticating uh, all, all possibilities. And when it comes to people like Putin, when it comes to autocrats, everything is always on the table. So we learned this morning... And again, whether this has actually happened or is happening, I don't know. It's coming through several different news reports. Someone seems to know or someone wants us to consider the possibility, and it's coming through American sources, that Putin is on the verge of staging a major uh, fake incursion 
Putin will now, since he is, he, he's been currying the notion that he is really the reason he has those 100,000 troops in Belarus and, and what was Ukraine surrounding what, uh, what passes for Ukraine right now and everything. The only reason he's there is because he's a victim. Sound familiar? And and basically, uh, you know, he, he's you, you got to keep them out of. Uh, I have a right to tell you, and you have, and you have an obligation to keep these guys off of my doorstep, especially as members of NATO. Otherwise, I'm so threatened that God knows what I'll do. Don't make me do this to you. Well, uh, continuing on the "don't make me do this to you" sort of uh, wavelength. The stories coming out this morning are that Putin is busily staging uh, an attack by Ukrainians on Russians who are uh, surrounding Ukraine, or, or maybe, maybe all the way into Russia someplace. I don't know what this is about, but, but the story goes that there are, you know, sources tell us, whatever this means, or we have reason to believe, says whoever, uh, that the Russia that Putin is putting together a rather elaborate propaganda film that will show Ukrainian incursion, uh, bodies all over the place, mourners mourning these bodies, and it will come as he makes his move into Ukraine. Now. This sounds like a preemptive sort of a statement to blunt a possible uh, preemptive move or, you know, finally breaking the ice jam move on, on Putin's part. And it would be, I think it's kind of crazy. I don't think anyone would honestly believe it. But I guess these days, everything, any lie can pass for truth. Maybe there would be some truth to it. I have no idea. I do know that things are rather dangerous in that neck of the world right now, and that enough people who know a lot more than I do are, are thoroughly concerned about what Putin's um, paranoia, or is it, or is it, is it pure paranoia? Is it, is it power? Is it whatever might be his motivations? I, I, I don't know how important his, his actual motivations are. His actions, of course, are what are going to drive this, and the storyline behind it that is fed to his followers, to his detractors and followers alike is what is going to uh, create and is creating the reaction to him. And it deserves to be spoken of. I only, I only hope that the stories that we're hearing about an imminent incursion uh, based upon a hyped uh, film about a, 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 you know, a Ukrainian incursion that, of course, must be responded to by Putin. I hope that doesn't happen before we have a chance uh, to uh, do this forum and present it to you. I, I trust it won't. Uh, it, it's, it's too easy at this point. Uh, it would be difficult at this point for there not to be a lot of... Um, uh, you know, uh, sideways glances at something of that sort. Uh, but let's see.
In any event, I guess all this equates to I want you to listen to this forum, and it will be coming on air. Let's make this official. We'll have it up Tuesday morning, uh, Eastern Standard Time here in New York. Responses to the last forum we did with this group, we refer to them as Noble Hearts Forums, uh, was extremely positive, and there was a lot of it. So please make a point of listening in to Center Left Radio this coming Tuesday morning. And thereafter, through till Friday, it'll be running on the, uh, it'll be running on the radio loop through Friday and will be up on the podcast feed as the number one show and available there thereafter. This is going to be a, a heck of a show. And I really want you to listen in. It's an important one. Noble Hearts Forum on the State of Russia. You'll be hearing more about that as the show goes on, I'm sure. I, I, I want to give David Bach as much time as possible this morning uh, because there is just a ton of stuff for him to discuss. So uh, I, I am going to curtail my normal uh, length of time somewhat today. But I, but I do want to focus on something going on right now. The, the winter meeting of the Republican National Committee taking place in Salt Lake City. Uh, the, the Republicans are in the best of places and the worst of places. Uh, the best of places is the fact that they, they have a, an embarrassment of political riches, which shouldn't be political riches. They should be shared responsibilities of the country. But since, since we live in a zero-sum political environment in this country, the Republicans have riches at their disposal in the way of uh, inflation in the economy in the way of, well, they've, they've never stopped talking about the, uh, the really sloppy departure from Afghanistan and aftermath of that. Uh, they have uh, crime statistics going on in New York and other big cities. New York's crimes, uh, crime rates are skyrocketing. Uh, compared to this time last year, and uh, things of that nature are just, and, and of course, they, they have, uh, well, they, they have something else, and this, is, and this is the part that gets tricky. They've got Donald Trump, and, and up until about, oh, yesterday, there was a, a absolute movement afoot within the, delega the delegate groups that were attending this convention in Salt Lake City that there was going to be a resolution brought to the floor, and I believe that resolution is supposed to be voted on today, but it was, it was revised yesterday. Up until yesterday, the resolution said that Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, both members of the, of the uh, January 6th uh, House Special Committee investigating the activities of January 6th and, and the insurrection, uh, the criminal insurrection that was incited by Donald Trump and the criminal activities of everybody, him and everyone around him. No one will say criminal yet. I can. Uh, it just, it, obviously, these are criminal acts. These are acts against the United States. So, so an entire criminal 
uh, enterprise, which is becoming more and more apparent as information comes out day by day. Trump's leading it, of course, and everybody else's participation. I'm not going to get into the storyline. But they sitting on that committee for the express reason that they defend the Constitution, they too, otherwise, Kissinger, Kissinger and, and Cheney being absolutely rock-rib conservative Republicans with impeccable credentials, conservative credentials, positions on things the opposite of what I imagine is as polar opposite as you could possibly imagine on most other positions. But when it comes to preserving the Constitution and not allowing an another insurrection to take place. I, ha I hate when people say attempted insurrection. Insurrection doesn't have to be successful to be criminal in this country. If it were successful, it would be decriminalized instantaneously by the insurrectionists because that's what would prevent any future uh, prosecution of them or changing the history of it, at least for the time being. So insurrections are simply attempts as, as, as poor and, and as misguided as they may be, but most definitely an attempt was made and run by Donald Trump to basically overturn a valid election of the United States. That is a criminal act that is treasonous, it's insurrectionist, it's, it's so many things that could land anyone in jail for the rest of their lives rather easily. Yeah, that same Donald Trump is, is the problem, you see, for the Republicans getting back to this meeting that they're having right now in Salt Lake City. He, he's, he makes trouble where the wiser heads in the party would simply want to make politics. No one's doing much of anything except uh, creating barriers and breaking things down. The Republicans aren't fixing anything anyplace. They're not helping Americans anywhere. Because of the fixation on Trump, everything focuses on dealing with Donald's obsessions, Donald's grievances, and clearly Donald's ability to project those grievances on a substantial proportion of the Republican base. But as far as winning elections, the idea of simply... Don, Donaldifying the party after 2020's loss and still making him a litmus test in 2022 and still allowing him to interfere in primaries with people who may not be perceived as being totally loyal to him. And there's this bizarre balance between uh, knowing that you have to kind of keep everything cool with Donald, but you don't really want him stepping into stuff. Th th this is a tough one for Republicans. And I don't think they've quite worked this out. And I'm not sure how they will work it out. Uh, insofar as the vote that was about to take place to literally, literally, up until yesterday, to kick Liz Cheney and Adam Kinsinger, kick them out of the Republican Party. You're gone. You don't even, you don't exist. Sort of like excommunication. I didn't, I didn't even realize, I, I, don't, I don't know, this, is this 
within the realm of what 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 party excommunicates people? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it, it's it takes on a religious imagery clearly. But that changed yesterday, and and suddenly there was a unanimous vote to simply censure them. Why censorship? Why censure? Why anything against people who are essentially, titularly working for the Constitution, who have positions, who who are rock rib Republicans, who actually want to get things done, who aren't totally preoccupied with supporting Donald, quite the opposite. They're trying to bring him to justice and get him the hell out of the party. Quite frankly, they're doing what every Republican, I think, with any kind of rational sense, any reasonable politician at national or state level is wishing they could do themselves. Get the guy the hell out of there so that we can begin functioning like a political party, have positions, be able to express them, and not perpetually be looking over our shoulder about, you know, with a with a w, uh, WWDD button on. What would Donald do? And having to worry about things from that perspective. Because Donald will change his mind about anything that he thinks is uh, for or against him and, 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 and will express opinions about uh, fellow politicians accordingly. He calls everybody a rhino that doesn't go along with him. Well, he's the ultimate rhino, obviously, Republican in name only. He doesn't know what the hell Republican means. His actions tell us that he's completely out of step with anything that may have once been the Republican Party and Republican positions. How, how do the Republicans actually move towards uh, the midterm election with Donald there? And again, with the bigger question that no one, but well, we, we keep bringing it up here on center-left radio, but the extreme likelihood that Donald will be an indicted individual hopefully within the next 60 days or so. Someone's going to have to pull the switch or everybody is going to be accused of electioneering. And if he's not, if he somehow actually hangs in, because well, if he's indicted, clearly it's going to have an impact on his ability to run. An indictment, a criminal indictment against him will come with restrictions. In his case, absolutely restrictions that may physically restrain him, that may verbally restrain him, that may restrain his writing, that may restrain a whole host of things about the guy. Things that would make it very, very unlikely that he could be a... A, a uh, an electioneering force in his own on his own behalf or in, on behalf of anyone else, and, and now maybe uh, that that thought is has been uh, taken into account by Republicans, and they're saying maybe if we just keep moving along, oh Liz and and, and Adam, please do what we would wish we could do ourselves. Maybe we can have it both ways. We're going to, well, we'll just censure you. But even if we censure you, that elevates the whole image of Donald. What the hell are we even bothering to do that for? If we do that, if we censure you, 
I mean, assuming that's a lesser form of kicking you out, we raise that as a campaign issue for Democrats. And this is the biggie that no one seems to talk about. Oh, my God, we didn't get through the, the voting rights bill. Why? Because we had two crazy people on our side and a lot of others who were quiet about it who would refuse to touch the, uh, the, the filibuster rule. Why? Because their donors are telling them not to. Our, our, our own mansion and cinema uh, crowd over there. Jeez, uh, you know, uh, there, there, are, there are so many things that the Democrats have going bad against them. We, we, maybe we just have to give them something to balance the field out. We're going to give them our love of Donald, and we'll make it official with a censorship of Liz Cheney and Adam Kinsinger. Why? because they spoke ill of Donald. And that means that, and you're going to hear this again and again, you're going to hear it in every campaign, it'll be the primary Democratic message. There'll be, of course, there'll be talk about what Joe Biden has done and, 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 and what he has been able to accomplish in terms of, of the infrastructure bill. There'll be his success in bringing COVID down, which, God willing, will continue to come down. But the biggest thing of all will be my opponent, says any Democrat running, is hoping to, be, to bring back a man who is both, uh, who is a twice impeached uh, can, and, and blah, 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 felon, blah, 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 as far as, uh, and, and whoever has indicted him by then, and on and on and on. You embrace Donald Trump. You force everybody in the party to say, I'm with him or against him. And you do this during, and especially when you are on stage with your opponent having any kind of a debate. You accuse them of being absolutely pro-Trump, and you construct it in a way that makes him the enemy of American democracy. Now, you can, you can say, well, yeah, there are people who love him, so they'll vote for him. Well, there are a lot of people in the center and a lot of Republicans who basically understand that the only way out of this is to jettison Trump. And I think that, you, that that message, that the only way we're going to have this country move forward, that we're not going to rip ourselves apart, that Republicans don't stand for anything. They stand for basically knocking Democrats for things aren't right and things that they themselves haven't done a damn thing to fix, even when they had the opportunity that's what they stand for right now, and that is to say they only stand for Donald Trump, and they're taking their, their, their orders from Donald Trump. You just keep Trump front and center. And if the Republican Winter Committee meeting in Salt Lake City can't figure that out, that embracing Donald Trump as hard as they can, or even, or even this, this we-can-play-it-both-ways thing, that is an even bigger indication that we just can't let him go. And it gives the Democrats, I think, a major piece of leverage against all Republican candidates for national office or, you know, for, for Congress and the Senate and everything going forward this year. It is going to be a major Major, if the Republicans can't find it in their brains to dislodge this guy now, or if maybe they're using this as a, a, a test, well, you know, maybe we do want to see him there in 2024. 
insanity. We need more insanity. We need to break the country up again, even further. We need to have another insurrection if he loses. We need to really, this time, make sure that we do take the country down once and for all. We need to have ourselves imprinted in American history as an entire party encouraging the dissolution of the country, of destroying the entire democratic system. Oh, no, 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 it wasn't us. It was our followers. It was our people. And we, you, you get how, how spurious that would be. Uh, those who say that 2022 was a foregone conclusion, I repeat again, if Donald is still embraced as apparently he will be in some form by the time the uh, 2022 Republican winter meeting in Salt Lake City ends on some official level by censorship or otherwise of Cheney and Kinsinger. If, if the base continues to be revved up for the sake of, of, of raising money, revved up with Donald uh, supporting stories, and then Donald goes and gets his ass indicted, which he will at some point during this season. If it's not New York State, and I think New York City State is the, probably the, the likely first stop for his indictment train, coming not long after that, possibly after the election, but more likely in 22, in 2022 by uh, the... the uh, uh, by a referral from the, the Justice Department to the uh, sitting U.S. attorney in, uh, in D.C. to bring an indictment against Trump and or in New York. It could be any number of ways that this could play out from a legal technicality perspective. Once Trump has been indicted, and once he's been indicted while he is still embraced by the party, then the ultimate defense of him must go into play. Because if he is simply jettisoned by the party once his indictment takes, oh, well, gee, you know, we can't do a thing about this. You know, geez, now that he's been indicted, oh, well, you know, part of the, part of the indictment says is that he can't go around running around campaigning. Well, we really don't have much of a choice if that's how the Republicans play it out. It will infuriate the base, their base, to the point where people will simply stay home. It will be so obvious that all of this all along has been nothing but the Republicans playing for time until the Democrats could do their dirty work for them. It's been the Republicans rooting for the Democrats the whole time. That's how this will play out if the Republicans follow down the path they're going on right now. I will have no great tears to shed for them politically, electorally, but they will have essentially changed the entire complexion of the midterm elections. That's the storyline. Thank you, Democrats, for doing what we did not have the guts to do ourselves. Think about it. With a little jazz.
Hi, this is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, Thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. And you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. You're either listening to us as a radio loop or as a podcast. Both of those links are there on our homepage at that same, uh, same address, www.centerlefttalkradio.com. You probably know that by now, which you also know by now, not only because I told you a little while back, but because you know it's Friday and you know what happens on Friday. The other microphone is, uh, has been usurped, is about to be used by, vocal transmission is about to come through, coming from none other than our Friday co-host, who I enjoy perpetually being able to introduce with these prophetic words. David, what's on your mind? Well, there's there's a, a decent amount going on. Um, if you want to hear more, you can follow me at uh, twitch.tv slash freshfacesnewideas, and you can find me on Twitter at facesideas. Um, look, so there's a couple things. Uh, apparently, the, uh, the RNC is meeting in Salt Lake City, and they're about to censor Liz Cheney and Kissinger for supporting the January 6th commission. Can you imagine Look, that? I, this is in like it. It's very insane because like every single thing that happened with the January sixth commission, every single thing, there's nothing that's come out that's been like, hey, you know, that's defensible. Like, <laughs> well like, put. At, well put. Yeah. At no point, like 
when the Mueller report came out, at least they had the first half to hang their hats on. Yeah. When the Ukraine call came out, they could hang their hats on, like, the Hunter Biden thing, ignoring the um, the Trump kids in the White House and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But there's nothing here. Like, every piece of information that comes out, every single one, is worse and more damning. Every Like, at no point is there, like... Any information where you see it and, you're, and you think, "Huh, I'm glad that happened," or 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 is there anything that the vast majority of what we're getting also is coming from internal Trump Republican sources? Uh, you, you know, so it's it's not like some Democrats are planting information in the committee's ear. I suppose. I suppose the point could be made that the reports that are coming out that are showing up on largely non-Fox, non-Newsmax stations are being invented. They're fake news. I don't know. That's the only thing I can imagine being said. But it's been as low-key and as non—I wouldn't say—I shouldn't say non-accusatory. It's been as objective as I could imagine anything being without anyone saying, he's guilty, he's a criminal, throw him in jail. Nothing like that at all. It's just been, we're following the facts. And, and the, these guys, the, the committee seems to have um, policed itself or, or given itself some exceptionally good uh, common training on, on, on marketing and public relations to make sure that no one jumps the gun and begins speaking in conclusions. Have you gotten that same impression? Well, I would like them to actually, you know, throw him in jail since he admits it every time he wants. Like the, the last rally he had. Yeah, the one in Texas. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He... First, he said he's going to pardon the January 6th people. Yeah, Keep in mind, yeah, yeah, yeah. if he wanted to do that, he could have done that on January 7th or January 8th or any time before January 20th. Well, there's, documenta- there's documentation I'm hearing that would suggest that that was definitely under consideration, which is rather interesting. And then there's the other thing. He, you know, he does those deaths from Donald Trump little memo things where he admitted that Mike Pence has the power to overturn the election three separate times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so that seems like that would be a, a proofful thing. Yeah, But, like, yeah. also the other thing is, and this is this is important, for while the, they're, they're uh, fixing up the language, like, they're updating it so that people like him can't uh, misunderstand it for um, the Electoral Count Act, if you believe that Mike Pence had the power to overturn the election. Yeah. Then you simultaneously have to believe that in 2024 Kamala Harris can do the same thing. That's right. That that's that's a very interesting point. <laughs> so, well so well as far as I'm concerned, I I see no reason if Donald were to run and that's a long shot. I still think that's a long shot right now. But if Donald were to run, uh, I don't believe for a second that his chances of winning are any better than they were in 2020 for a host of reasons, not the least of which is the likelihood that he will be indicted at some point in 2022 by one of the multiple bodies that are out there right now. Do you, and, and that, of course, will include language. The indictment will include uh, non-communication language. You can't talk about this. You can't do any of that. It may, in, it may include... Uh, uh, 
physical sequestration language. You can't go beyond Mar-a-Lago. It may be, uh, there could be an ankle bracelet. I know this sounds kind of impossible to a lot of people who hear this, but, but anything that comes down from him, either on the financial uh, cr- criminal claims that are coming through the Manhattan DA or what's coming through the Justice Department, which I think will take longer, would probably include uh, limitations on both movement and speech. Are you hearing any of that? Does that, fi- does that factor into your thoughts? No. Look, I'm not, I don't expect him to win based on being popular or having any good ideas because they don't. They have zero good ideas. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're talking from a policy perspective, there isn't a policy that they have. Well, yeah. actually, that's not true. They, the, the closest they have to a policy is uh, school vouchers. Um, but Blake Masters, who's running for Arizona, uh, put out a, a video recently. Yeah. And he is like, hey, you know, uh, things, healthcare. Oh, hold on. Um, did did uh, you lose me? Say again? Yeah, okay, you didn't lose me. Um, He's like healthcare, housing, schooling. He's like all these things are more expensive. Okay, understanding that that's a problem and having a solution to those things are two separate things. Right. Like when we're talking about a policy, we haven't. There is it. There hasn't been a Republican plan on any level for healthcare in about a decade. The closest we've gotten to an actual healthcare plan was during the 2017 Obamacare repeal fight. And that and that plan boiled down to well, how many people were kicking off Obamacare without a safety net? Right, 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 right. The so in other words, any what you're saying is, and I and I, and I think I agree with you the way you're, you're you're posing this. Anything that they would say they were for would be based on some negation of something the Democrats have already done. It wouldn't be based, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be built upon some foundation they've already laid. It would be, we're for this because we don't feel the Democrats have done it well enough, but it was the Democrats who obviously started the healthcare thing, who did whatever they did with COVID care and everything else and so on. We just don't like what they've done and therefore vote for us. Not that we're going to do anything, not that we did anything, not that there's any track record. Is that, is that a fair restatement of where you're coming from? Well, they can, you, can, you can very easily target issues with this country because every country has issues this country has issues yeah but whether or not you are giving lip service to it or not like there's things the democrats could do right now that would that would guarantee them winning the midterm i'm I'm all ears go ahead i'm all ears joe biden can with a wave of his pen remove ten thousand dollars in student loan debt joe biden with a wave of his pen can legalize marijuana the democrats can bring up pass and then hopefully get filibustered a bill banning congress people from and their families from owning stocks like basic anti-corruption stuff that supposedly has uh wide support from both sides make them block that make them listen i'm, t- I'm telling you right now the president that get, that makes marijuana legalized will win the votes of at least a will will have the largest 
growth in youth turnout for them in history. I and, and I I believe you said this, and I just I, I and I don't know what the answer to this is, but you seem to that he could do both the legalizing of marijuana and the elimination of student debt as a as an act as a as a private act as a as basically as a uh, executive a, order as an executive order he would not need a law or congressional interaction or congressional support to do this well yeah the the first off he has said by himself, I have the power to remove ten thousand dollars of student debt. Remember the uh, the whole. His That's whole right. Is, That's right. Yeah. I'm waiting for the Justice Department to let me know if I can do up to fifty thousand, or the Department of Education. I don't remember which one he said. And then the other one is, all he has to do is say that um, uh, marijuana is no longer a Schedule One drug, and therefore anyone who is in prison for a nonviolent uh, marijuana offense should be uh, their records should be expunged and they should be released. Yeah, I think he just might get himself a few tens of millions of additional voters on that. Yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. You think he's going to do it? You think he'll do it? No. Neither one. I don't think he'll do either one. Uh, They're currently in in, my understanding is they're currently in court fighting against debt relief right now. Um, The other this uh, this is a little bit of a, a different point, but it's too funny not to bring up. Uh, do you know who Dinesh D'Souza is? Yeah, Dinesh D'Souza, who basically uh, was <laughs> within the within the Indian community, uh, and as you know, I'm I'm married into that community. He's he's a bit of a joke and a bit of a shame uh, vehicle. But go on, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, just for just to further on that, in a system we have where bribery of politicians is legal, he went to jail for it. That's, That's right. How dumb he is. That's right. Yeah. Um, Dinesh D'Souza has made a documentary. Ah, it's called 200 Mules." This documentary is, and this is from the Rumble trailer, using ge- geo tracking to follow people who are doing ballot harvesting and never before seen footage to prove that the the election was stolen. This comes out in the spring. Now, there's a couple things to this. One, if you have substantial proof that the election had fraudulent votes on a level that has not been seen at any point or a comet or in history or has been larger than all of the voter fraud in history combined. The right thing for you to do is obviously make a documentary and put it on Rumble. Of course. I mean, what else would what would what else would be the first thing you would do? Naturally, that's the first thing that would come into my mind. And again, the things that are being shown here. So one of the things are like, oh, they went to a whole bunch of different drop boxes. I was like, well, yeah, they probably there's probably certain rules about what drop box you can put certain envelopes in. Also, the last presidential election took place in a pandemic where people did not want to go to voting booths so that elderly people could use groups that harvest ballots, which is a thing that's legal, to put it into drop boxes. Their also claim was, oh, they would, they were wearing gloves. Again, pandemic. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, but they're taking pictures of the drop boxes. Yeah, I imagine there's rules about it where they have to do those anyway in order to prove that they... They actually dropped the ballots off. Huh. I, and, like, and, 
And, and, and this, of course, after Republican legislatures in all the states, I'm sure, where he's trying to show that fraud took place, Republican legislatures and the Republican secretaries of state and whatever the rules may have been have all validated that this was a fair and open election, that nothing that was done would have been sufficient in the slightest to change the results of the outcome. That's that's the point, I guess, that he he does he overcome that? I wonder, does he does he ever bring I, that I, up? Look, I don't know. The trailer is, is out. But yeah, just the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he doesn't this bother is... with that little fine point. This is a Project Veritas video with more funding. Uh -huh. um, Got it. This doesn't come out to the spring. Any person you see quoting this, talking about this, using this as an example of voter fraud is somebody who you need to have a uh, – there's two things. They're either a political hack or it's somebody that you need to get a, a homemade because that person can't dress themselves in the morning. Well um, – and, and wasn't D'Souza pardoned by Trump, as I recall? He was pardoned by Trump, yes. Yeah, That's how yeah, he... that, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that would seem to be... Uh, there, there might be a connection with that as well. I mean, I, well, you know... Not so much. Also, D'Souza has a history of releasing documentaries that aren't based in history. <clears> he's, he's done that. Yeah, he was, he was in... The, he's something of a, uh, an erstwhile producer, film producer. Yeah, yeah, he's done this. Fascinating. Yeah, one of the dumbest people. Um, he, as I, as I say, he's an embarrassment. Within the Indian community, he's an embarrassment. I know people who, and, and it's a small community, and I know people who either directly or through other people know him or have been around him or know of his activities, and the word that comes up again and again, it's a Hindi word, it's bishadam. And bishadam means shameless. And then embarrassment in English is the word that comes right after that. But just, just as a little bit of an insight there from a, from a, an ethnic perspective. So uh, that, so I saw the trailer. I will forget about this movie by the time it comes out, and then I won't have <laughs> to watch it because it's going to be hysterical. Well, speaking um, of movies, there's, there isn't, there's a movie that came out recently about, uh, and, I, and I heard this quoted by some, some guys that, I, that I'm in regular contact with, uh, my... my uh, my, my high school genius buddies, who, and, and some of them it winds up are on the other side of the, way on the other side of the political fence, which is not to be, un, it's not unexpected. There's something that came out that basically just excoriates um, Tony Fauci. And it, it's supposed to be relatively credible. Have you heard anything about this at all? No, the last okay. thing I saw that came out about Tony Fauci was the Project Veritas video. Yeah, now, let me tell yeah. you this. Any type of Project Veritas video drops, I, I cover it because they are absolutely bonkers. Yeah. It is they, – they pretend to quote this military person. They don't even use him. They don't use his name or they don't use his words. But, but it's, it's a military person. person. Something to do with it, uh, Fauci in no, China. I don't remember I assume, the yeah. guy's name. Like they use his name. But when they're quoting him – they're using a voiceover as a reenactment of what they think he said. Ah, but without, but without having any backup source to say, this is where we have this quote from. It's just, we imagine he might have said this. Okay, all right, yeah. It, it is... A, Artistic license, I believe, yeah, yeah. No, but I'll, I'll take a look at what the... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I have to look this up, and I, maybe I'll shoot this over to you later on, just the, what the link is. But uh, some people who I... 
have a great deal of respect for are looking at this video. It might be, it, who knows, it might be the same video you're referring to. Let's, we'll find out, but that's another issue. What, what's, what's happening in Russia? I, I don't know. I, look, I, I think that they're going to back down. Uh, I think they're trying to look for a way out because they don't really want to get into a fight. I, I saw something this morning uh, on MSNBC very early uh, that I was rather surprised at, and this was the fact that uh, officials here on our side, and I forget who it was that, that uh, was, was making the report, there's talk that they think they've discovered, we, we, I don't know who it is on our side, I, I have to get into this deeper, uh, and when I say it, you'll have either heard something about it or you will have not, that Putin is attempting to put out some kind of a propaganda film that in essence uh, it will show uh, Ukrainians rushing across and uh, shooting up his troops, killing his troops, and women mourning their deaths, and this will be the predicate for him uh, coming in and doing an invasion. Have you heard anything about that? This actually showed up on MSNBC this morning, and that's why I was so surprised. Uh, no, I have not, uh, yeah. seen directly. Let's, uh, I think, look, yeah. I think they're going to back down. I don't imagine they will, um, they're, they're, they really want to obey. But common, common, common sense, about. common sense says he cannot sustain, he cannot, he cannot survive. He will not be able to function with the aftermath of a physical attack going one step further than he has. He's already taken over Crimea and everything else. I mean, you know, he's taken over chunks of, 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 of Ukraine already. But And the other thing is, the longer it takes for him to invade, the more times the Ukrainians have to prepare for some type of ground invasion, some type of like guerrilla warfare, because that's that's how they're going to do it. They're going to yeah. make it as painful as possible for them yeah. to exist on it. So it wouldn't make sense for him to keep posturing like this. It would have made sense for him to move in already. Yeah. Well, the all, longer all, it takes, the less likely it is. And then here's the other thing. There's nothing essentially that Joe Biden can do to stop this proactively. It would have to be reactive to it. Well, he could. He, he's putting troops. He's putting troops in the region. But no, as far as directly countering Putin to the point where Putin can't come across the border, no. Of course, there's nothing he could do. Yeah. No. Unless you advocating for invading or nuking Russia, as one of the Republicans is advocated for. Of course. Or um, or 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 doing a major cyber attack preemptively. That's that's another possibility. I imagine, or doing major financial uh, restrictions on him and others that haven't been yeah, already those, put in place. If we're doing financial sanctions, they need to be done reactively, not proactively. Because if you or if you sanction them before they do it, they're going to say, "Well, they sanctioned us; we might as well do it now." Yeah. Well, no, I was I was just saying we, but I was saying that within the context of your statement about what what we can or can't do preemptively. And you're right, to do that preemptively would, you know, 
but 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 then that would raise the next thing. If, if 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 sanctioning him is the basis for him saying, okay, you did a financial sanction on me, I'm going to do a military sanction on you. Then he a is the one who's ratcheted it up, and b you can't stuff the genie back in the bottle. You've begun all of the processes that invariably will play out once there's a military attack of Ukraine. Back to your initial point, it makes no sense. You've got to do this thing. You've got to do this thing diplomatically. Right. He's he's posturing to see what he can get. And here's here's the other thing. Like there's there's two outcomes. So if Putin ultimately backs down, I expect to see thousands of people replying and saying how Joe Biden is the strongest leader ever and that this is because of his strength that he beat Putin. And the other thing to it is let's not pretend that Donald Trump wouldn't be egging them on and telling them to do it. Like yeah. The the idea that Donald Trump is this this foreign leader mastermind because i've had people say like oh you know the world was really calm under trump i was like no it wasn't <laughs> there was there was lots first off he gave up syria second like the first year of his presidency north korea was launching a missile like every 10 minutes yep it was like full times where he like kind of threatened war uh the idea that these countries like are moving things because of the change of presidency is nonsense if if anything, when they when they make these these grandstands, it's because they know that they're able to create a, a warmonger backlash that weakens the further president and allows for a less stable party to take power. Well, uh, this this is this is borne out again and again. It's it's especially borne out the way American politicians seem to be reacting to Russia, how the Republicans or, or large swaths of the Republican Party seem to be, from what I can see, just mouthing Putin's propaganda points on this whole thing. Uh, Look, but the, I mean, to be fair, there is some argument to be made that like, hey, you know, maybe Ukraine doesn't need to be in NATO. Like, but like the idea that we should pull out of like Poland the, the reason these buffer states exist is because Russia's an aggressor. If Russia wasn't the aggressor, we wouldn't have to worry about this. Exactly. 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 Or is there the other side of that, of course, and I'm, I'm jumping all over sides over here. Is there any validity? Is there any credibility to be given to Putin's perpetual thing that, you know, once he's put all these hundred thousand troops in Belarus and around Ukraine and approaching from every angle and could attack suddenly? Well, the only reason I'm doing it is because you're making me do it. You, you you're you're forcing me to basically defend myself because you're trying to attack me. Is, is there any credibility other than, you know, playing to a local audience or to sycophantic, you know, Trumpian Republicans that, 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 that is, can be attributed to that position? Does Putin have a point? No, I don't think he really has a point. Like, like even the, the arguments that he's making that, like, some of the, some of the, the, the Ukrainians want to be Russian again. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, where does that go? Like, could, could like if they we allow them to, to, to secede in that like if that's acceptable like could Texas secede? Well, this but this is the same argument that 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 uh, that Hitler made when he when he invaded the Sudetenland in in western in what was about to become western Czechoslovakia, and that took him in that way, and it also then moved into Poland with a similar set of arguments. He, the the Anschluss going into Austria. 
essentially taking over Austria without firing a shot. There were plenty of people in Austria who weren't in favor of this, but it's always the ethnic argument that, that usually fascists rely on when they're about to take something over. And then after a while, people forget. Once it becomes the status quo, it becomes meaningless. I would suggest anyone who's not certain about any of this to remember both the Sudetenland and the Anschluss into, into Austria if they have any question about, you know, uh, Putin having the right to declare ethnic affiliation as a basis for taking over. It, it gets it kind of goes downhill from there yeah no i agree um i i think look i think a lot of it is posturing i don't expect him to invade it's possible he does but at this point i mostly think it's posturing yeah. and i look forward to the conclusion where joe biden wins and that all the republicans can go cry about uh whatever woke thing they're complaining about while they're currently Oh, we didn't even talk about Missouri. I don't know if you've looked this up, but you need to take a look about for your show for uh, the Missouri. Both their their gun laws that says that they cannot do um, their that local uh, state law enforcement cannot work with federal law enforcement when it comes to firearms. Um, and this is a this uh, is a Missouri law. This is a Missouri law that's passed, and the one that is currently being negotiated is their uh, Make Murder Legal Act, which basically says that if you have a uh, self-defense claim or if you commit uh uh if you get into an altercation with somebody where it's uh threatening or violent uh as long as you claim self-defense the police have to be the one to prove the burden that the self-defense was not self-defense instead of you currently having the burden wow um that that's gonna have to that will meet federal scrutiny damn fast you know uh but it, it'll take time i mean th th those that's that's crazy shit. I, mean, you know, I don't know what else to say. Texas is a PVP state, but Missouri is a free murder state. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know when they, the argument they make about like not giving prisoners right to vote yeah. because they make murder legal? This is the legislation they're talking about. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. Um, wow, I, 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 I will look into that some more, but it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me even a teensy weensy bit that, that something like that is out there. Um, do you see anything that can be done to blunt the anti-voting laws that have come through so many of the Republican legislatures uh, since the 2020 election to, to somewhat lessen their impact on, on 2022 in the midterms? Or is this going to be an on-the-ground defense simply to bring out the vote more and more and more? Is that the only counter strategy that Democrats have to what the Republicans have done so far? No. So there's two things. One, it turns out redistricting actually went a lot better for Democrats than, uh, than we expected. Uh, apparently, it looks like they're going to end up with a net gain of six seats. Really? What I read. Really? Yeah. Um, also, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court is now in charge of uh, re redistricting there, which I guess is a good thing. I don't know what their Supreme Court makeup is, but like a nonpartisan third party is is the best we can do. Yeah. Um, as for some of this, some of it can be done by uh, by having a mobilization, but yeah. a lot of it can be done by winning governors and secretary of states like losing maybe like in states where you're not going to win the house because of things like that uh yeah. because the state's redder focusing on secretary of states 
is very important, especially in every single one of the swing states. Oh, and another thing would be good yeah. is uh, in California is to vote out everybody who would have voted against their Medicare for all bill because this thing is so stupid. This I, I know we're going a little long, but I, I just have to go on this for a second. So in California, they had a uh, a statewide Medicare for all bill. Yeah. They have a super majority in California. I was looking this up. There's 80 seats, 60 of which are held by Democrats. Right. Okay. The reason they, they didn't even bring this up for a vote is because they said they didn't have the votes. This what? is a different thing than the people trying to do force the vote in the House. So for, for if you don't know force the vote, it was this very dumb subsection of the left that was arguing that if you don't vote for Nancy Pelosi, you can force her to bring Medicare for all in the House. The problem with that is if you bring Medicare for all to the House, it's going to lose by 300 votes. Right. It just is. At which case they'll be like, oh, now we know who to vote out. Well, we do know who to vote out. They're very clear they're not for Medicare for all. If you bring Medicare for all to the floor in the House and it loses, it will set it back for a generation. Yeah. Um, in, however, in California, for Medicare for all to lose, they would have to lose something like 22 votes. It's a lot easier in California to replace 22 uh, uh, Democrat Congress people than it is to replace 300 national Congress people. Okay, so you're, you're, that, the argument being that if they were to pass Medicare for all in California, what is, is, is there a ripple effect? Does this somehow... Uh, well, well, two things. One, it would be a ripple effect because it would prove that it would be effective and it's a better system. Yeah. But two, I'm not even worried about them passing it. I'm saying that being afraid of it being blocked is a reason to attempt to pass it because on a state level, especially in a state like California, it is easier to replace those Congress people... Because then that would prove it. If you could prove on a state level in certain blue states that it is possible to bring up Medicare for all and then pass it and then replace those Congress people who are against it, that's an effective strategy in the state level. It's not so much going to work on the federal level because there's a lot of uh, little more. So, so, you, so you, you, you'd, you'd essentially more. have to primary out. Let's say in, in, in California or anywhere else, those Democrats who would be against it and essentially run alternate candidates who would be able to pass it, um, knowing that in advance that might change a few Democratic minds, which, which I find and very... also, and this is the biggest one, um, is that the, the, the party, like the, 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 the state party, said that they would not help finance any Democrat who ran... Who voted against this? So they had all the institutional backing huh. to push this forward, and yet they didn't. <laughs> it's neo, like like people pretend that um, people pretend that he like that California is this like progressive like waste uh, progressive utopia. It's like neoliberalism on steroids. It really <laughs> isn't as progressive as people think. <laughs> <laughs> we we David we, we we live in very interesting times. Um, I'm I'm curious to see f from where I'm sitting right now. I'm there's a vote that's going to be taken today at the winter meeting of the RNC taking place in 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 Salt Lake City. They yesterday already uh, watered down the resolution that was supposed to kick Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney out of the party forever. Well, they watered it down yesterday, uh, and, and this is by unanimous consent, 
and the vote will be today, but they watered down the resolution to simply a censure. And we know what censures are these days within uh, national and local politics. And there's talk they may water it down even further and maybe do away with it altogether because there's supposed to be talk within that convention that anything we do about those two people only raises the specter or only re-emphasizes the fact that we are Donald Trump's Republican Party and that could actually cost us the midterm election if things are handled correctly by Democrats in casting us in that role. Does that make any sense to you? I mean, no, but I mean, we, we've, we've talked about this like before. There's, they're, they're just going down this line and because they're terrified of their base yeah and their base yeah. is insane and they're just they're just stuck on a sinking ship yeah okay well and it's good yeah i hope look you back this guy as the hearings come out and i hope the hearings are soon and effective this is like mccarthy's biggest failure is not leaving some of his chuckleheads on the the, the committee to to muck things up during the hearings um well, he wasn't allowed to put the chucklest of the chuckleheads in there. That was the other thing. Well, he was still able to keep Jim Banks on. Jim Banks is apparently a three-year-old because, according to Jim Banks, after Joe Biden called uh, jokingly called uh, Peter Ducey a moron, yeah. um, no, no president has ever assaulted the press that way. <laughs> Which is my favorite argument because, as a reminder, a, a Donald Trump supporter sent pipe bombs to CNN. That's right. That's right. Very, very, very thoughtful of them. I'm, su I'm surprised he didn't get Donald to autograph them in advance. I'm going, I think I, I, think I may have just crossed the line with that one. But, but, but uh, the other line that we both crossed right now, unfortunately, involves time. And David, as always, um, excellent, excellent insight, excellent reporting. And I appreciate it tremendously. I look forward to this. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to be looking at the Russian situation from another perspective uh, very shortly and seeing where that's gone and, and certainly all of these different political machinations in this country. Uh, it's evolving so fast and uh, it needs somebody like yourself who is so committed to keeping an eye on things and thinking about them to uh, relate it to people like uh, our audience here on Central Left Radio. And, and, and where is that other audience that you relate things to? Fresh Faces New Ideas, twitch.tv slash Fresh Faces New Ideas and Fresh and Faces New Ideas and at Faces Ideas on Twitter. Sounds great. And I hope, uh, I hope your audience grows and grows and I'm sure it is. Uh, with that, I thank you once again, David Bach, for joining us here on the Friday show. And uh, that's the trigger to, uh, to the next statement that I always enjoy being able to make here on Friday. A little more jazz.
You've been listening to Central F Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. David and I may have a bit of a disagreement here. I think Trump is the albatross. He may be the 800-pound gorilla that everybody thinks is so strong, but for 2022 midterm election purposes, he could take the Republicans down. That plus the fact that Republicans have done nothing to help Democrats or anyone else in a long time. Democrats, please help Republicans with their problem. Otherwise, Trump may still sink them in 2022.